In matins of today's Feast of the Transfiguration, the Church has us pray, Behold what manner of love God the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called and should be the sons of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Well, growing up, I was, I was one of the middle children in the family, and of course, all my sisters were or older, and so you know how that works out, those of you who, know, who do have older sisters. The boy usually gets picked on a lot. Well, my older sister, who I, with whom I get along quite well now, she used to tell me all the time that I was really the adopted kid in the family. But I got to thinking about it today, that actually we are, every one of us, adopted children. We're adopted into God's family by baptism. And so the collect in today's Mass reminds us of this adoption and actually does call us the sons of God. Now, the Church, we are adopted into the Church. The Church is divided into three classes. This is a little catechism lesson. There is the church militant, that is, that is us, those who are still struggling and fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Then there's the church triumphant. They have all, their victory is complete. They have a throne in heaven, and they're enjoying it. And then there's the church suffering, those who are in purgatory, still making up for their sins. But all in these three classes are fellow citizens with the saints and domestics of God. And all of us are working towards that one single object of union with God, that final and perfect union with God in the beatific vision. Now one of the effects of the communion of saints, of being adopted into God's family and taken into his house, the church, is that each one of us has a claim to share in the common goods of this spiritual family. The Catechism explained. If you don't have that book, I, I highly recommend it. It says, thus all the masses all the means of grace, the prayers of the Church, and all the good works done by individuals are for the benefit of all its members. That's the Catechism. But let us now turn to the scapular of Carmel. This is the last in the series of sermons on the scapular. It says that those who are united by the scapular who wear the scapular, they have a bond which, besides making them the children of God through the communion of saints, binds them together as special children of Mary. In other words, those who wear the scapular have a bond which, over and above that of seeking union with God through holiness, which is what the whole Catholic Church does, they also have the special object 
of honoring Mary in a very particular manner. They wear a common sign which unites them all in a special manner to Mary and to one another in her. Let me explain that a little simpler. A, a German writer compared the scapular bond to that bond of matrimony. I thought that was quite interesting, but it all makes sense. He said, as long as two are united to a third, they are also united to each other. So long as the soul of a father and the soul of a mother are bound by the holy scapular to Mary, they are also united by a heavenly bond one to another. And this union is even stronger than that of marriage, he says, because not even death can break it but only serves to give hope that both shall find each other beyond in the bliss of heaven. What a very beautiful thought. Those who wear the scapular, furthermore, they have a special communication of benefits. Now, we mentioned in a previous sermon, to wear the scapular is to offer up a continuous, silent prayer, 24-7. Those who wear the scapular are partners, as this one author says, in one mighty volume of praise to Our Lady. And he continues, You are no longer a single voice lost in the wilderness, but part of a sort of grand concert of millions of voices singing a constant praise to Mary's son. That is one of the benefits of being enrolled in the brown scapular. Another is this, that those who wear the scapular share in the spiritual goods of millions of saints who are already in heaven. So not only are we already united to members of the Carmelite order, and to one another on earth, but to those Carmelites who are already in heaven. Think of that. The author continues, imagine the value that would derive from being bound to the little flower whose brown scapular on earth was interlocked with her love for Mary, who was more a mother than a queen. And he goes on, but we are not united only to St. Therese, but to all the Carmelite saints, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, the Carmelite martyrs, whose feast we recently celebrated, and especially St. Joseph, who loves the Carmelite order so much. So you see, we are, by the scapular, in a special way united to the other saints who wore the scapular, such as, in particular, St. Alphonsus and St. John Bosco. Did you know that when their bodies were exhumed, I know at least that St. Alphonsus was not incorrupt, but when their bodies were being, in, being exhumed for the canonization process, that even though the body was corrupt, their scapulars were not. 
The author continues, There are myriads of holy laymen and religious who seek, together as members of Mary's scapular family, the glory promised them. And with all these, each scapular wear is a partner, sharing in all spiritual goods. How consoling it will be to have this bond with millions of Marian souls when we are in purgatory. How much it will and does mean to us and eternal values. But now speaking of purgatory, this brings us to the last point that I want to make about the scapular before closing this series, the Sabbatine privilege. Sabbatine, that comes from the Latin sabato, which means Saturday. Now the Sabbatine privilege was not part of the original scapular promise. The original scapular promise was given to St. Simon Stock, remember, for this purpose, that those who die clothed in this scapular will not suffer the eternal fires of hell. That's the original promise. This part came at a later date. One, and one author says that it seems that Our Lady returned to heaven after having given the scapular to Simon Stock and considered, as it were, the great favor she had just given mankind. She then looked down and saw the amazement of thousands at so small an action as wearing two pieces of cloth which are so favored by her with so tremendous a promise. So she returned again to earth and this time to make a promise still more astounding. The promise is this. This is Our Lady speaking. I shall descend into purgatory on the Saturday after their death, and whomsoever I shall find in purgatory, I shall free. St. Peter Damien is one of those saints who said that on the feasts of the Assumption, Christmas and Easter, that Our Lady descends into purgatory and releases many souls from it. But Our Lady doesn't wait for these big feasts to release those who were most devoted to the scapular. She will not ever allow them to suffer for more than a week. Think of that. And how this is done is a mystery, but Mary as queen has dominion over purgatory and she is capable of doing it. This Sabatine privilege this Sabatine privilege is very easily attained, but yet actually so few actually gain it. What are the requirements for the Sabatine privilege? Just two things. Actually, it implies that you are wearing the scapular. But the first is to observe chastity according to your state in life. And that's different for everyone. And that's something that we have to do anyway. So why not do it in order to gain this privilege? The second condition is 
the recitation of the little office of Our Lady, or it says, you may keep the fasts of the Church along with abstinence from meat on Wednesday and Saturday. However, for most people this is a little bit difficult. And it says that this work can be substituted with another pious work by a confessor, inside or outside the confessional. And usually it is the rosary that replaces the little office or the fasting. Just those two things. I often think how many souls there are now abandoned in purgatory because no one prays for them. This is a, a small victory for Satan, you might say. And it all started back with Vatican II. The Vatican II Church no longer believes in purgatory and therefore many people have stopped praying for the souls there. That's exactly what the devil wants, for he doesn't want those souls to reach heaven. But Mary crushes him with her heel by the Sabbatine privilege. Those who fulfill the conditions of the Sabbatine privilege will stay in purgatory no longer than one week. But actually, there's more. St. Alphonsus says this last part, and it should urge us on to, to truly be devoted to the scapular. He says it in The Glories of Mary. If a scapular wearer does just a little more than Mary requires as conditions for gaining the Sabbatine privilege, then he will never go to purgatory. Wow, what a, what a grace. Now, going back to the first in this series of sermons, do you remember Elias seated on the top of Mount Carmel? And he sends his servant looking to see if there was a cloud. They saw the cloud, and it was in the shape of a human foot, and the cloud represented Our Lady. But by her scapular, Our Lady crushes under her heel Satan's powers, both in this life and even extending into purgatory. Now does it all make sense? Truly, it is good for us to be here, to be adopted sons of Mary's special Carmelite children. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.